So my proposal was every time we end the podcast, we need to we need to end it like with a way, a method, right? And so I was thinking, what if we all like try to clap with our eyes closed and try to sync it up? That is never gonna work. <laughs> Hi everyone, and welcome to Over Inspected. I'm your host for today, Manu, and uh, today with me I got two great co-hosts, Carrie and what is this guy, Chai. Hi guys, Chai. what's up? How's it going? Welcome Hi, to everyone. the first episode of uh, of Over Inspected. Uh, are you guys excited? I am hyped. Let's My go. blood pressure is like. 5, Let's, go. Right Let's go. You know, it's like um, I've, I've thought about making a podcast like show for so long. And then the funniest part was we spent the last hour. We spent hour. the last hour deciding on what we were going to do. And we were deciding on our name on the podcast, which is so dumb. I think it's funny how like we spent an hour trying to decide the name, right? And then we we're like, then we came up with overinspected, and we're all like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then I, like, still kept forgetting the name until like now. Now I think I'm good. Now that I don't need to do the intro anymore, like now I'm good. It's the overinspected podcast. Yeah. Episode one. Yeah. Very excited to to be here to do to be starting this. Uh. But yeah. But you know what? I think it sounds good. I think it's awesome. So, I, think, I think it's a great name. Yeah, hopefully, we made I a good we made a good decision. Hopefully, the viewers agree. The idea. If you don't is agree, then be... uh, that makes me really sad. Well, we're gonna make the viewers agree. Um, we're gonna make is... the viewers agree, guys. That sounds yeah. like we're gonna like force it down their throats. Like it's over, Inspector or bust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the idea is, I don't, I don't know if this is like official, but um, there will be topics that some people just brush off as trivial or not interesting, but we're gonna over inspect them. Yeah, yeah. That's actually an excellent segue into what I wanted oh, to talk shit. about. So, yeah. So, like, as as we've already been blabbering on for I don't know how long, but you you all might be wondering, like, you know, what what are these guys doing here? Like, what why why did you why did I click on this video? What what is overinspected? Well, I guess to tell you quite briefly, you know, originally uh, I think this this was Chai's idea. Uh, he wanted to do a cubing podcast. Right, where you know we just get on a bunch of cubers. I'm a cuber, Carrie's a cuber. Carrie, Carrie actually probably pretty well known cuber at this point. Um, oh yeah, sorry, cubing meaning you know solving Rubik's cubes, twisty puzzles. Yep. Okay, everyone's bringing out their cubes, so I have to bring out mine too. Um, Mine's bigger. All right, all right, guys, <laughs> we don't need to. Ask all right, well, come on, guys, I already have the worst camera quality. I, I can't have like the smallest cube now. Too. The smallest cube also size doesn't. Um, but yeah, so yeah, that, that's what this is. It's a cubing podcast by three three cubers. Um, but you know, not just a cubing podcast. We plan to cover a lot of other stuff because we are like humans. Well, I think we're all human at least, and uh, we have a lot of other interests, hobbies, other things. And uh, yeah, so we, we hope you'll stick around to for more of that stuff. Yeah, um, when we're thinking about what content we wanted from this show. Uh, obviously like we're all keepers at heart like uh, Manu mentioned but really um, having a free flow and not being restricted to um, not being able to talk about whatever we wanted to talk about and just having a good time um, because we were just thinking about like all the conversations that we would have and just imagine what if we just recorded that and then 
especially during like the pandemic is when I really tuned into those type of shows just to, you know, kind of get the vibe and just um, almost feeling like there's another friend just right around the corner, which is kind of crazy. A little bit. That's a little bit sad, but it's really how it felt. Um, Carrie, do you remember when we were talking about making a podcast? Do you remember how long ago that was? Yeah, I think we we were we tried to do a podcast before the pandemic started. Um, so really? this is definitely yeah. I remember I was in my senior year dorm, so that must have been twenty nineteen. Um, so I think you know we tried it and it didn't quite work out, but the timing seems to be more right now than it was back then. You know, with everyone indoors and like. I, I feel like speed cubing is sort of reviving because it's sort of yeah you know faded away in 2020 and now it's a good time to bring it up again and yeah i mean also because like i think like a lot of people got into cubing during the pandemic right when when you're just stuck at home uh you know there isn't really much else you can do so i know that the like that, that was like one of the big reasons why competitions were like filling really quickly well one i guess is also like restricted capacity but also just like so many new people are into cubing um i think there was like because recently we were going to do what was it berkeley winter um it was like a 200 person cap and of those 200 people i think like 105 or something were newcomers so the newcomers actually oh, wow. like outnumbered the returning uh the returning cubers which is kind of crazy right wait you're the talking about generation. the the most recent one that was coming up at the time, right? Yeah, I think it would have been next week when it was gonna happen. Gotcha. Oh, we're recording on January the 14th. So today's just the 14th? to set up the timeline. Yeah, apparently it's the 14th, time flies. No, but I was just going back to the thing with um, Carrie. So I thought about making a podcast with him and then we tried it one time and yeah, it definitely didn't work out. But I think now, um, especially since I've tried making a little bit of content on YouTube and Twitch, um, and just getting familiar with content creation and just um, getting in habit of like the workflow of like what would be needed and what we do need to expect from ourselves and stuff like that. But the favorite part was, Carrie, I don't know if you remember, we were all squished in a gig car when we were coming back from SAC. I don't, I don't remember which SAC comp we were going to, but that's where the conversation came out. I was like, it always stuck with me. Those, oh. gig, those gig car drives are hilarious. <laughs> Uh, wait, was that the, the... So if this was 2019, was I the one driving the... It must have been... Yeah, I must have been the one driving the gig then, right? It was... Okay, so listen, oh, yeah. l listen guys. Uh, Manu is a speed demon. He's driving like a freaking Toyota Prius, like 105 miles per hour going straight towards like Sacramento. And I'm like, what the fuck? Our car is about to like tip over. But, oh, come on, yeah. dude. It's not, it wasn't that bad. It, it's scary. Like I would not recommend. He's a better well, driver now, but at the time the Prius could not handle it. Maybe it was like you needed the adrenaline through your system to kind of tease out the good ideas. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. I mean, look, I blame it on the Prius. The Prius is not a good car. <laughs> Ooh. It's not a good car if you if you want to drive on the highway and go fast, right? Like yeah, because it's pretty small. Um, well, there was a SAC competition just a few months ago, but I think you guys are referencing something that happened like years before. Yeah, right? it was way years yeah. before. But yeah, like it's, it's always the same. Like we're always yeah, doing yeah. the gig car drives. So yeah, I remember you mentioning during one of those drives that that you were trying to figure out how to turn speed cubing into more of a spectator sport, and oh, yeah. you 
you would always tell me like four by four is the best event for that <laughs> guys it's is the right four length. by four not is it not carrie do you think I, so i think three blind is is the most fun to watch for me okay um, that, that, that is yeah. a topic that's a that topic. is a yeah yeah but i i just remember like we were trying to figure out you know you know most speedcubers are in it just to compete for themselves but you know most sports <laughs> competitions there's more spectators than than athletes so mm -hmm. you know maybe speed cubing needs to figure out how to appeal to the viewers not just the solvers well i always found like what made cubing so interesting to watch i think everyone loves watching like speed cubers i i think it's an inherently interesting skill um the issue is that the way that we challenge ourselves and the way that we execute the quote-unquote sport since we're not a real sport is it's like golf and golf yeah, obviously sort of. sometimes there are tournaments in golf and the pga tour no one's watching i mean there's tv broadcasts right but i mean that's way over our heads but it's kind of the same thing because you're competing against yourself or maybe you're competing against whoever's in your group like one or two people at most yeah i feel like the difference with cubing though is that like at least at least here's what here's what it feels like to me like if you are watching a speed cuber right at some point like like for example if you watch like a golf shot right i think like yeah, the average person has a good idea of what a good golf shot good golf shot looks like right like you know like it goes higher you know it's just very accurate right whereas like with a if you're a speed cuber i think one of the appeals that you that you see or like one of the one of the cool things about speed cubing is when someone does like executes a cool maneuver right like whether that be mm -hmm. like an alg that you didn't know or you know like does like some sort of like look ahead that uh you know you would not have seen and that is not as i think uh what is the what, are, what is the word i'm looking for like the it average viewer translate. is just not as cognizant of those kinds I, of things right i yeah i guess for clarification if you guys don't know maybe like some of the stuff we're talking about um like look ahead for example is probably we're gonna say we're gonna reference look ahead so much in this podcast because it's just fundamental to cubing um the easiest way to think about look ahead is uh, i think a lot of people are familiar with sheet music so the easiest way to yeah. think about look ahead is your what you're playing is not what you're looking at when you're sight reading you're actually reading the next few measures down and you're playing whatever you already were looking at before. So you're like looking ahead two or three measures and then you're playing in the past, essentially from what your brain is understanding. So that's yeah. essentially look ahead. You're just, you already know what you're gonna do. You're just looking for the next step. Also that's as a, a side analogy. note, I just realized the look ahead would also have been a great podcast name. The look ahead look podcast. Ahead. Look ahead. Oh, it's not too late to rename it. Let's uh wait. wait. Let's we need we need, we need to set a poll. We need a poll, guys. Over inspected or look ahead. But that is that know. is a good point. We could just we could just change it. All I have to do is like we could just like well we don't even need to re-record the intro. No. No, we're keeping it. Like whatever was already said, like I think it was good. And if it like does get renamed into the look ahead, then we're we're learning. People will know. People will know the story. No, no. no here, here's what we'll do, exactly. right? It, exactly. Like, what we can do is that we can release. Like, what we'll do is like we'll we can re-record it, right? And then we can have like you know like hi guys, like welcome to the look ahead podcast or whatever, or like welcome to the look ahead. And then what we can do is like later down the road, it'll become like lore or whatever, right? And then like only the OGs remember the uh, 
the what is it called the over inspected podcast yeah. like you know the over inspected name instead you know how like they have like those icebergs or whatever this is gonna be yeah. the bottom of the iceberg the over inspected <laughs> it's gonna be the very first episode so i feel like it won't be like it, it'll be well known I actually, I, I guess that's true, yeah. Unless you re-record it, but again, I don't think anything needs to be re-recorded. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we should let the audience decide. Yeah. Because they're both, they're both great names, so... Do a community <laughs> I, I like both. Honestly, we should just start introducing, like, every new episode. Like, hey, welcome to Over-Inspected Look Ahead. <laughs> oh, no, not, now how many still are we talking about? <laughs> Alright, like, alright, right, right, right. I think this I'm is the case where, I think this is the case where, like, society. the sum... I think this is a case where the, the sum of the parts experience. is like definitely less, or the sum of the parts <laughs> is less than the sum of the individual pieces. Okay, never mind. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. Uh, yeah, a little bit. Uh, like the the name, if you if you combine two good names, you get a bad name. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Bad. I guess so. Or like positive plus positive equals negative. Wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I think. Is that how math works? No, that's not how. No, no. I don't. Well, okay. Well, not not in, not in like if you if you in like standard arithmetic it does not. Like I maybe in like some weird. Well, yeah. If you have like modular arithmetic, then of course, right? Like. Mm. Then, uh, but then like everything um, is positive and negative. So. I, I think modular arithmetic is, uh, tangentially related to speed cubing, so I do think that, like, if there are viewers here who are only in it for the speed cubing. This is still relevant to that. Wait, can I can I ask? I need some clarification. Sidebar. No. That's a synonym to tangent, right? No. Like, no. I figured out what you were referring to all these days. You're thinking of side note. No, sidebar. That's a that's a phrase, right? Is no, that right, well, I've I've well, never heard hear, it before. When I hear sidebar, I think of kind of a like thing on the side of the screen that has all the tools and okay. like easy to access buttons so like on this discord call the thing that says like members three and then our three <laughs> usernames i think that would be the sidebar <laughs> yeah i've uh, never heard anyone say sidebar as a synonym for tangent other than you try all right well i'm uh, pretty sure you mean to say i'm you might have taken it from side note instead like as a side note or as an aside uh, yeah i think i could see side note but language is always evolving I yes, guess that's true. Yeah. So I'm yeah. part of the evolution, guys. I mean, if this podcast <laughs> is listened to by like 300 million people or something, then time <laughs> maybe, might be maybe sidebar catches on. Maybe maybe sidebar catches on, guys. Let's make maybe sidebar, sidebar is at the top of the iceberg. You know? Ooh. Oh, this iceberg is already getting pretty populated. Like, <laughs> it just started a few minutes ago. Yeah, I like how we're like building the community lore ourselves, before, and we're saying like, guys, community. you gotta put the side note at the top or the sidebar at the top of the iceberg. So the sidebar goes on the side, though. Yeah. Well, um, I think probably people are gonna ask us like, like, um, why are we posting um, this show on this YouTube channel, Keepers Live? Oh, yeah. right. Um, so I think it would be appropriate to, if you're not familiar with Keepers Live, for us to explain it real quick. Um, so as you guys know, at the beginning of 2020, like around March, right? March, April. Mm -hmm. Um, that's when the pandemic really started uh, for the United States and a lot of the competitions from uh, from the World Cube Association was getting canceled um, and then we were all isolating staying at home like barely any of us were working if we were working adults at the time so it was, it was pretty interesting and hectic um, were you in Ohio at the time 
menu? Yeah. Yeah. I had gone back to my parents' house because, uh, you know, there was no point. Because that, that was my last semester uh, in college, so. Yeah. Carrie, were you at home or were you at school? Uh, I, I was at school, but then, like, right when all the lockdowns were announced, I went back to my parents' house. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, like, is... a lot of us went home, right? Yeah. So, it was pretty interesting during that time. Um, and then, uh, our region, we're very familiar with competitions happening, like, every three weeks. It was, like, non-stop competitions for Rubik's Cubes. Um, so we made um, an online speedkeeping competition through Keepers Live, uh, the Keepers Live channel, and that's oh, kind I of remember that. yeah, that's kind of how it started. Carrie, we asked you to do like a beta test for us, essentially, and it was really cool. So if you guys are actually scrolling through all the rest of the videos, you'll see that that's what we did, and then I think we did a really good job at the end. Uh, but I don't know. Um, the funny story was we made Keepers Live because when we were building it at first, the conversation, Manu, I don't know if you remember this, the conversation was, let's build a live stream platform for cubing competitions. Mm -hmm. Right. And then that's how it started. But competitions were never going to come back, it felt like, so it just never happened. So we, we, we audibled in a sense. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We were just like, yo, if, competitions are not going to come i think this was also part of the i guess at this point this is like the legendary like sack gig or whatever but we were discussing this like doing live li live streaming competitions i don't know some viewers may be may or may not be familiar with mental block tv um yeah they, they probably used, they used to do a lot of live streaming back in the day run by uh devin and weston uh mm -hmm. they would do a lot of live streaming i think at some point they were also live streaming nationals too so um yeah we wanted to do something similar to that um except you know kind of like push it a little a little bit more modern uh mm -hmm. but yeah when competitions weren't happening we we're just like all right i guess we'll do it ourselves uh yeah that was the birth of twisty puzzle cup and then i think another one we did a really good job was with was uh the fto melee the fto yeah. invitational the oh, fto melee one. yeah the fto melee so you know fto right carrie yeah yeah i don't know how to solve one but i have played with one I'm trying to find it. Oh, yeah, so FTO is basically short for, and by the way, this is, I was not planning to plug this, but it's funny. Plug enough. it. Yeah, uh, face turning uh, octahedron. Very interesting puzzle. It's not recognized as an official puzzle by the World Cube Association. So any results that are com um, done on this puzzle is not official, essentially. Um, but we decided it'd be really cool because there's this huge like subset. It's like a niche community. Um, just being super competitive about it, pushing barriers, sub-20, sub-15, and then they were modifying their own puzzles, kind of like in the good old days with speedcubing. Um, and then we just held a competition for them, and it was crazy. It was like a... I don't remember exactly how it worked, but we did a round robin. Like, we, yeah, we tried so, to so break we, the mold. Like with we, we did World stuff. Cup style, actually. So I don't think... I think no other speedcubing competition had been held that way. Uh, so I think we had 16 competitors. We put them all into groups of four. Then we did a World Cup style. So, um, you know, you you all have like your, I think it was a round robin group. And then from those, uh, you take like the top two seeds and then you match them up with the top two seeds of the other, um, what is it called? The other groups. And then you get mm -hmm. a bracket that way. So that was really cool. I think all of those videos are actually still on YouTube. You can actually look at those right now. Um, so yeah, yeah. so that, that was another cool venture that, uh, Cubers Live did, and then re somewhat recently, we also did manage to do live streaming uh, of a real comp, of two real comps actually. 
I think yeah. Zach Cubing 10, and uh, a competition in San Luis Obispo. So yeah, those yeah. VODs, I don't know if those VODs are on the channel, or if they might be on the channel by the time you watch this, but uh, yeah. Yeah, that was yeah, good stuff. Yeah. I, I went to that uh, Sacramento competition, so I saw the whole setup with the, the webcam, and there was even like, or like a curtain to separate I don't know if the curtain was used to separate the live streamers from the competition, but it was Did, it was pretty impressive. Oh, the curtain. Oh, the curtain? I, I'm pretty sure that was a scramble curtain, wasn't then, it? Yeah, that, maybe it was just to hide the scrambler, so I'm, I'm like misremembering. Misrem yeah. Yeah, we were we were thinking about experimenting with like putting a curtain to separate the, um, the live stream, because at some point we realized that I think sound can also be a problem, right? Like, because if, if we're sitting here commentating, we were like relatively close to the actual cubers. So there was potentially like they could hear us commentating their saws live. I don't know. It could have been a problem. Right? Oh, so. it could definitely particularly be a problem in three blind solving for sure. Yeah. Like any blindfold quiet events like that could be a problem. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. At some point you're going to need like a soundproof room to like office. <laughs> well, actually, um, I mean, you would see like, you guys know like singing YouTubers, like they would have these like, um, dr um, what, do you, what do you call it? Anyways, they'd have like a ring, like a metal ring, and then you'd put blankets over those metal rings. So you sound like a shower yourself, or and, Yeah, exactly. And you have just this little like recording studio because your voice doesn't leave the, the actual bedding, which is pretty funny. Hmm. So it's like very makeshift. So there's a lot of options that you can use. Yeah, I mean, it, then, for the live streaming, it has the ring has to encapsulate the whole the whole, the whole setup. Yeah, that would not work. Like, it's not. Uh, yeah, I, well, it would not be a ring, right? It would. It would not, yeah, I guess you're right, Carrie. It would just have to be a room. Yeah, I think, you know, you can just uh, not commentate on the blind events, but then like during all the other events, be as well, okay. Don't be as loud as you want, but <laughs> I think it's okay if you talk at a normal volume because the whole room people are talking anyway. Yeah. Um, and if like a fast speed cube is solving and they mess up and then they hear like Manu in the corner saying, Ooh, that was a big blunder by Max Park. Like that's just, I guess, you know, what Who happens am I to comment on Max public? Park, man, dude. And any big blunder for him is like, it's like, it's like chess, right? Like any, any blunder for him is like in double exclamation mark. Excellent for me. So yeah, dude, Max Park is, is nuts. I mean, there's no, there's no like, I can't interpret what he's doing. Like he's he's doing the same thing that we all do, but, but faster. Twice as fast. <laughs> yeah, just twice. Not even. It's like probably three times as fast. Yeah. Yeah. Like By I'm the sure way, his TPS is like 15 turns per second. Probably. Oh, I, I don't. Maybe it's like 12. Carry Carry's not willing to go to 15. Oh wait, wait, let's yeah. think about it. What if it's like a standard 60 move solution? 12. 60 move solution. Five. five oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Well, I yeah. barely get six. I barely get six TPS, so he is double. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, 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 does have, he does have a lot of fours, right? So, Oh, true. So, yeah, maybe somewhere yeah. between 12 and 15. Um, anyway, just really, really fast. This is just like a weird side note, but I guess while we're still sort of on the topic of Cubers Live, I think we would be remiss not to mention the efforts of Preetham because, uh, mm. you know, he was, he was also co-commentator, also one of the main guys to set up Cubers Live, especially a lot of the, the tech stuff, so... Yeah, you'll probably yeah. see. We'll, we'll probably Preetham. see Preetham on this podcast easily. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Easily. Definitely. 
I think Preetha might have been the one who, one who invited me on the podcast, not the podcast, the live stream when I got like a seven on Pyraminx. So shout out to him. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, like during he, the competition. He was doing like actual interviews and I was like, wow, this is like next level stuff right here. Well, hey, it's, it's a high quality felt, production, right? Yeah, high yeah. quality production. I, I um, felt honored because like I suck at Pyraminx. So the, like the concept of like, oh, I gotta be interviewed for my not that mediocre solve. It's pretty cool. Yeah, actually, the interviews thing was really interesting because I never really saw that out of uh, cubing. At, well, at least if you're not like right on the podium stage, I definitely don't yeah. see it. But what I um, did when we were at San Luis Obispo, uh, Pritham said, hey, uh, go interview Brandon Dunnigan. Mm -hmm. uh, Brandon Dunnigan is this like crazy kid who in his first competition got like sub 7.5, won the competition and was like, I don't know, he got... I think uh, did he get NR three on clock? Yeah, yeah. So NAR is North American record. So out of all competitors who have ever officially competed in North America in the event called Rubik's Clock, you can actually kind of see it, right? Okay, wait. There, that that's a Rubik's oh, Clock. Okay. I see. It's it. A little hard to see. Chaz getting a uh, slightly bigger model. Oh. Um, but yeah, so out of all people to compete in Rubik's Clock in North America, this guy who's never competed before, and he, I think he was like uh, NAR three or something. It was like low five, so it was, it was very impressive. Just something, regardless something amazing. of his oh, wow. ranking, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Anyways, like we were, I did an interview, and I was like, after I was done with that interview, I was like, whoa, this feels really, uh, almost feels like I'm in sports media, almost. So that was really cool. I thought hey, that was personally really fun. One step closer to a sport, right? We gotta have, we gotta start doing <laughs> doing the interviews, live streams. One step closer to a sport, y'all. Um, that yeah. that San Luis Obispo competition was interesting because um, the drive there that was definitely the longest I've ever traveled for a competition without flying. So um, the drive down there was a little bit tedious. Um, I know people drive down there all the time. It's just for me, I wasn't used to it. We stopped by Carrie. We stopped by the most decadent IHOP. <laughs> I mean, oh, what's still an IHOP though? Yeah, was it, it, it normal IHOP prices? It was normal IHOP prices. Mm. That's what made it so decadent. And then, like, there were like blue waffles, chocolate, coffee, refills. Oh, <laughs> oh my yeah, god, that, that was that was a pretty that's, good IHOP. That's good. I mean, that's the that's the pleasure of of road tripping. It's like you get to well, not road tripping, going on a road trip. <laughs> you, you stumble upon these like places you never would go otherwise. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's one of the things uh, I really miss about, like, not having comps anymore is, uh, like, you know, not being able to just, like, kind of use it as an excuse to just go travel somewhere and just have a good time with your friends, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, like, like when we when we all went to uh, Sacramento back in November, you know, we all just stopped by at the uh, at the In-N-Out, just, you know, uh, just yeah. talk, talked a bit and then headed off and then met back up at Chris's house. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, I remember, like... There was going to be a world championships in 2021 in like Amsterdam, and I'd never gone international to to like just do a oh, Cuban comp. Mm -hmm. But I, I was thinking, you know, I'm an adult now. I should just, you know, a YOLO and check it out. But then it was canceled. Yeah, that was really sad because I did the same thing. So, Cubers, think about it. So I I started cubing in 26, 2014, 2015. My first result didn't come until 2016, but um, I had never gone to like a bigger competition than a regional. Uh, 
So when I had the opportunity, Nats 2019 versus World Championships 2019, I didn't want to do both. I just felt like I should just go to Nats first because I'd never been to a Nats size comp. So I went to Nats, great experience. And then ever since Worlds 2019 passed, I have always regretted it. Like it just seems so fun. Oh. Like just seems like an amazing experience. And at the time it was like, oh, it was like a money sink, right? But that was, um, that was a huge regret. So I signed up for um, the World Championships 2021 in Amsterdam. It, it was I was so bummed out that it got canceled, but I knew it was gonna get canceled, so I didn't book any trips or anything. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even apply for staff. Like I I saw that one coming. Um, the pandemic, you know, the pandemic really changed a lot of things in Cubing. Um, yeah. yeah, but I don't know about you guys. I really felt like, as a whole, so many more people got into Cubing because of the pandemic. What do you guys think? I think it's possible based on what you said, Manu, about like all the new timers signing up. I think like all the friends I have in cubing are kind of old school, so you know maybe there just hasn't been enough time for me to meet all these new new folk, but I'm sure they're there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one thing I remember. So I guess that this is this this could be a whole podcast episode in and of itself. But back when I first got into cubing, I was in middle school. And I think that was like the beginning of like, I think like the second wave of cubing, but it was just what it, what it felt like to me, you know, every, like a lot of like young people, like just got into cubing. And then from there, they started going to competitions. And from there, I think cubing really took off, especially beginning in, I think 2016, uh, from there, I, I guess it also helps with that. Yeah, I was attending more competitions at that point, but so that, that was, that felt like the first boom or the first boom for me, I guess the second boom overall for cubing. And then but wait, 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 so the boom. Do you, I, this is like a random question. Do you think yeah. that boom coincided with like the bump in hardware? That was like right where yes. the hardware had a Almost massive certainly. boom. Almost yeah. certainly it did. Because it was just more accessible, right? Like yeah. the cubing, it was just easier for people to get into cubing, right? And I think now with the pandemic, right? And the fact that, you know, all the people who didn't have the opportunity to cube before because of work, because of school or whatever, you know that now they have an opportunity to just kind of to, to do that and because of that there are so many new cubers that i i would not be surprised if like post pandemic well if the pandemic ever ends at this point if we see another you know huge resurgence in the popularity of cubing see as uh i i consider myself a little bit of a hermit and like i'm okay with it but you know sometimes i'm not okay with it personally and like the advice i always get is oh do something new try something you never tried before and then at the end of the day like, because all my friends know I cube, right? Like my non-cubing friends. Um, at the end of the day, like it's great that you do what you love to do and you, you do things that you like. But at the end of the day, you're just always so alone. And I'm like, thanks for pointing that out, buddy. <laughs> but I mean, that's the thing about the pandemic. It was so easy to look at a cube and be like, well, all I have are 365 days to figure this out. Might yeah. as well. I have nothing better to do than sleep 16 hours a day. So... <laughs> Um, so many people got into cubing, uh, at least. And I think because of, at the time, cubing at home, right? So yeah. there was a competition on Twitch called cubing at home. Um, yeah, I was going to mention competition, that. Yeah, our competition, Twisty Puzzle Cup, on Twitch. Everything just went to Twitch, which is um, insane. So I was talking to so many people in chat that were like, I just started cubing two months ago, three months ago. I just started cubing uh, June 2020 and I'm like, dang, like so many people 
Like the people I'm talking to were not part of the core Cuban community, but that's because so many new people are interested in it. And their first idea of Cuban content is Twitch, which I think is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Twitch seems to definitely have exploded in 2020. Um, one thing I was going to mention, I don't know if this is related, but I saw that Jperm posted a picture showing that like his views on his channel doubled around Christmas of this year. So it's like later in the pandemic, but he was attributing that to kids getting group excuse for Christmas. And, you know, they're also going to lockdown because of Omicron. Oh, interesting. So they're like watching his first tutorial. Well, I think Jperm had um, a collab with yeah um, oh with a twitch streamer right yeah yeah, yeah with she had a Curry, i think yeah something like that and then by the way guys like jperm like if you guys don't know who jperm is it's literally oh, how it yeah. sounds j-p-e-r-m go to his channel if you've never solved a rubik's cube before you're gonna learn on his channel um and if you're like you're an intermediate speed cuber you're gonna learn from his channel if you're an advanced speed cuber maybe you'll go into the comment section and be like i know more than you but whatever make sure you press like and subscribe button anywho <laughs> um jperm is awesome but i i don't know i i just feel like it was due time jperm is a huge channel you know what i mean yeah um well the omicron variant i think the christmas one is a big one um but i don't know do you think like those parents like thought about the rubik's cube because of like how much it grew in the earlier on of the pandemic maybe i don't know Maybe I think it's more likely that the that parents were like, okay, you know, like now that my you know my kid is not going to school, we need they they need something to do, right? And I th I think like most parents by this point probably grew up with the Rubik's cube, or at least you know probably have yeah. some notion of like you know like I played with this in my childhood, right? So it was just like you know you know like, here like here here's this cube, and I guess this sounds kind of condescending. But like, here, go do this and you know, you can play around with this all day. That way you won't bother me. I can go do my work or, you know, I can you know, go do my groceries or whatever, right? So yeah, I'm, that's, that's my guess at least. Yeah. Um, well, I, I do think it's interesting that you mentioned the parents' generation because like, I do hear a lot of older people saying that, you know, it was popular in the eighties and then they just thought it faded off and never came back. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Cause it, it feels like it has come back, but in a different way. Because I bet in the 80s, there weren't as many Cubers like, you know, Timon, who, who like, are, you know, oh. who seem to know everything about cubing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there's, like, hundreds of millions of casuals in the 80s. And maybe now the community is more, like, specialized. There's, there's not as many people as in the 80s, but they know what they're doing a lot more. Definitely. No, yeah, definitely. And, and yeah, it, yeah, I, I mean... Think the, yeah. I think a lot of it comes down to just the amount of speed, uh, amount of cubing content has, is become a lot more accessible, right? Because I feel like back in the day, you know, probably like the most cubing content you got was maybe an article in a newsletter, or maybe you got like a little pamphlet, or maybe someone decided yeah. to write a book, like, here's how you can solve the cube. But now like, you know, I remember the first one I watched was like Dan Brown's You Can Solve the Cube or whatever. But now we have yeah. like we, we have videos for every single level of speed cuber. Someone who had just got a cube today, you know, someone who you know classically you know peels the stickers off and wants to actually learn how to do it, you know, people yeah. who people who aren't even speed cubers but like other like cubing related things. For example, cube mosaics. Those things are so cool. I love cube mosaics. Uh yeah. Oof, I don't mm, Carrie. I don't know what you think. I think cube mosaics are cool, but like. 
I could. I just don't. I think they're good gateways for non non. Okay, I don't want to use this as a derogatory term, but non cubers, because yeah, they look I don't like know. they take a ton of work and intelligence. <laughs> um, I mean, like obviously you only have to like solve one side of it to look like mm -hmm. what you want, and then like follow a guide. But I I think it helps you know turn non cubers into beginning cubers, and then definitely. That, yeah, yeah, that yeah. It's a good thing. But I what have I mean so many friends like mm -hmm. talk about mosaics and be like, "Did you see this mosaic? Did you see this mosaic?" Like, <laughs> it just doesn't draw <laughs> entertainment from me. Yeah, yeah. Well, they right, go right. viral. It is so it definitely looks. They like go viral like so quickly. Right, right. So yeah. what I mean to say, right, is that it spans everything. Like, so we have like the non-cubers who enjoy cube mosaics, right? Then we have the speed cubers who are like really into like going fast. Then we have like the. the like I think the there's puzzle. a lot of also math videos, oh. right? Like on group yeah. theory and stuff too? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just remembered that like a couple months ago. So, you know, Lucas Guerin, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, he invited me to this, this like a virtual event that was celebrating Martin Gardner, who, who's a recreational mathematician. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, I thought we were just going to be talking about Conway's Game of Life because because like that was why they invited me because I knew something about Conway's Game of Life. But then, like, one of the hosts of the, the um, virtual event had, like, a whole room with, like, shelves upon shelves of Rubik's Cubes. And it just showed me, like, oh, yeah, th there's another side of the community that just collects. Like, they don't try to yeah. solve fast. Right. Um, and, like, they're not, like, little kids. Like, they're, they're people who have mm -hmm. the money to, like, buy lots of cubes. You know, yeah, that's even... that's an interesting thing. I don't know if I've ever thought about it that much, but it's because our community is so tiny and so new. But, I mean, what if one of these days, like, this FTO that's no longer in production is going to, like, uh, I don't know, quintuple times its worth, right? It's just like, oh. it's like, it's a like, vintage. Like, yeah, it's like a vintage. Cards. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, no, no, I, I guarantee you that there is someone in the community. So, like, if you take apart, if you take apart a cube, you know, there are, like, all the different uh, mechanics and whatever inside, right? But I can guarantee you that there is someone in the cubing community who can look at one piece and tell you, you that, oh, yeah, this came from this cube. Like, oh, I, I already yeah. know I, that it came from this cube. Yeah. Yeah, the, the hardware experts. Yeah, yeah, which, which is so, so impressive. Because to me, like, almost all of them look exactly the same. The only ones that I yeah. think I could maybe pick out back in the day were... I remember when cubes used to have torpedoes in them, and that was like a big selling point. Yeah, I think, yeah. uh Man, which one? I remember my first Waylong that I ever bought didn't have torpedoes. And then the one that my friend bought did have torpedoes or something. And uh, I was just like, man, dude, I really want torpedoes in my cube now. You know, I always heard... I don't know if this is true, but is it true that Jules is the one that invented torpedoes? Jules Manalong? Do you guys have any idea? No, I don't know. I don't keep track of the hardware, but... Someone's got to tell me in chat if someone... Because I know for a fact, Diane did not invent torpedoes. They hmm. got the idea Ooh. from somewhere. I just don't know. Interesting. Who. Plagiarism. No, no, no. <laughs> for little reasons, that's a joke. <laughs> no, but... um, Yeah, someone someone invented torpedoes, like a person. Kind of like how Chris Tran did Magnus, and now everyone's producing Magnus, right? Yeah. yeah but that, I think... That was... Uh, yeah, Christian wasn't him either, right? It was like down in the, uh, way in the, way back, someone would put magnets in a Zanchi or something. Like you have to go down Reddit to find it, but there was like yeah, weird, I'm sure it's like, buried in the in the deep deep like recesses of speedsolving.com or the speedsolving forum. 
that the, the speed solved dark web. The dark web. <laughs> the dark web. Dark web-ish, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You but, also uh... find... Yeah. Oh, by the way, um, it has been like a little over half an hour, so do you think we should like split up episodes uh, based yeah. on if we hit half an hour? Yeah, so I what I was going to say is I, th I think we should wrap this episode up and then we can continue... Whatever, I think because we, we, we got a lot of good conversation out of this one. And see, I told you, like, so when we were making the plan for the, for these podcasts, right? Uh, Chai and I were like, oh yeah, yeah, you know, we should be like really, really conservative. You know, we should make sure that we can, we, we want to really make sure that we hit 30 minutes, right? So we came up with a couple topics. And then I'm like, dude, if we talk about just one of these, we will easily hit 30 minutes. We are not even going to get to the second and third topic. And I think that's exactly what happened. So... Yeah. I mean, a, yeah. a lot of this is about like finding out what we want to do, what we want this to be. So it's just like, um, I think for me personally, I think there's a minimum for what a podcast should be, but there's just no maximum. Like there's it no could maximum. be how, mm -hmm. yeah, there's however long you want it to be, really. Um, mm -hmm. And I, I, that's how I, because like my favorite thing to do, <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do is just to sleep with a podcast. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, that's all I do it all the time. You, you, what we should do is, um, we should like randomly scream, like, oh, every, no. like around an hour into a uh, podcast, so that the people sleeping wake up and listen to us. Wait, but, or or we wait. can make it like an alarm, right? Where like you know, like we we just talk and then like they they like put on the podcast. They like know that they need to wake up in like five hours or whatever. Oh. And then we scream right at the five hour mark. Five hour mark. But five hour podcast would be pretty long. I don't know if I'm down for yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And I <laughs> yeah, think that, that sounds pretty long. <laughs> but um, the other thing is, like, we also want to hear what you guys think, right? Like, what, what, what do you think about, you know, just us kind of having, like, maybe, like, some loose topic and then just kind of rambling? Like, this one, we kind of started off with, like, how we came up with the idea of the podcast and then went on to, like, the, how the pandemic affected things and. Literally just went all over the place. Sidebars, as uh, as Chai would say. Sidebars. Um, yeah. Or or do you want Sidebars it to be a little bit good. more structured? I mean, yeah. Let us know either way. We will attempt to do uh, change as we see fit. But uh, yeah, I think guys, this was a ton of fun. I think we should probably call it here for this episode. Um, yeah. I I have an idea. Oh, I have a proposal. Wait. Okay. Yeah, oh, wait. You first. No, no, no. Carrie, go ahead. Carrie, go ahead. Oh no, you first. So my proposal was every time we end a podcast, we need to we need to end it like with a way, a method, right? And so I was thinking, what if we all like try to clap with our eyes closed and try to sync it up? That is never gonna work. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you, you you meant method like CFOP. CFOP. What do you mean? Like a speed solving method. Like you wanted us to all do one solve using. We a don't even all use time. the same method, right? I know, but we have to learn, so like, get ready to oh win Oh my god, wait, wait, oh. I'm a CFOP solver. Carrie, you're, you're a, a CFOP solver. solver. No, I, no, I switched back. Oh, but you switched the, back. Don't tell the Rue Facebook group, because they really don't like, uh, <laughs> what do you call uh -oh. them? Traders? <laughs> oh, you're a trader, Carrie? Yeah. Uh -oh. Okay, oh, it's man. fine, we'll, we'll cut this part out. Yeah, no, 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 Carrie has the deserter debuff. I, he has a debuff I, on him right now, it lasts 10 minutes. Debuff? No, I, I, want, I want you to keep it because, like, Stirring up a little drama could be quite interesting. Oh. <laughs> well, you, you know what else is drama? YouTube removed the dislike button. So okay. Yeah. Oh. We will get into that. That sounds like... Oh, wait, wait. Okay. Um, I talked to a YouTube friend who has actually heard from, like... I shouldn't say, like, too many details, but I think they have some details on 
like the internals of like YouTube's plan going forward, but they're not allowed to say. Okay. Oh. So Whoa. are you gonna say in the future? Are you gonna say in the future, Carrie? We're gonna have breaking news about YouTube. Are we gonna have breaking news on this podcast? Oh well, I'd God. like to. Like, I'd like to give you information that no one else has yet. But I think I have to get it through a different friend. So it's like it takes me time <laughs> to get it as well. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, that we are already coming up with more content for the future podcast episodes, which is very good. Maybe we'll do like a one just like on youtube versus twitch or you know because we we have we have lots of ideas but uh yeah i hope you all enjoyed the the first episode of this podcast i think we should end the podcast with like something maybe it can just be like a saying or something like you know this has been uh, uh, like over over inspected or 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 this has been the look ahead but uh you guys have any ideas um do you how about i'm trying to think how you could make a pun out of the fact that over inspection in a competition is not good eight seconds so i have a theory about 12. um home philosophy so studying philosophy at home um in order to achieve action a you can combine any action b with uh cause c it doesn't have to be anything related so for example if you'd like to walk the boat you must oh. be able to solve the cube. I don't know about walking a boat, but okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember this conversation. I, I don't I don't remember this. <laughs> um, if you want to fill up your cup, you must be able to see the runway. Mm. It's like one of those things that's like sounds sounds really sounds deep, but means complete just nonsense. Nothing. Yeah, I, I, and I'm, yeah. I'm sure you could like connect some concept or some like works of fiction to make it make sense but it's just nonsense (laughs) is that what we're going to end this on is just like some random like we just come up with like some philosophical like saying that means nothing um i think this is a point where i get cut off yeah okay i'm cutting you off i'm ending the podcast episode thank you all for watching hopefully this ending was listening Thank, th- yeah thanks thanks for listening hopefully this ending was not so insane that you are like yeah i'm never listening to these idiots ever again and uh yeah we will see you in the next episode ta-ta bye-bye thank you so much bye bye